When you were little, did you discover that you could get that toy or that candy bar by throwing a little tantrum in the store? My answer to that is a resounding no, because the first time I tried it, I was snatched up and silenced into obedience with the threat of a public spanking. As we get older, we learn, hopefully, that we have to control our emotions because adult temper tantrums aren't cute. At work, showing too much emotion is unprofessional. In public, it's weird. At school, you're unstable. And in church, it might even be perceived as a lack of faith. At least that's how I felt growing up. My name is Sydney LaFleur Murphy and welcome to the Life at Peace podcast. This show is all about tackling the stuff that fuels our everyday demands, doubts, and dysfunction in our perpetual pursuit of peace. Get ready for deep thoughts and challenging topics, all grounded in biblical truth. Enjoy the show. I used to think faith meant no feelings allowed. So there was a time in my life that I remember I wouldn't go to God with my emotions. Instead, I internally processed them. I would try to wait them out, which I don't recommend. I would just wait until I was feeling better or until something happened to put me in a better mood. And I would also write in journals. I had diaries and stuff. And writing for me has always been very therapeutic. So that was a go-to for me. And part of this was I didn't know how to articulate what I was feeling But another part was that I just didn't feel like I could go to God with my emotions because that would make me a doubtful or hypocritical Christian and negate the faith that I was supposed to have. I would also talk to my parents about my feelings and how what I was going through. And I would use that as my excuse for not going to God. I'm like, well, I talked to my parents. I don't need to bring this up to God in my time with him. But let me tell you why this approach did not and does not work. (laughs) So number one, we cannot hide anything from God. And we might know this intellectually, but we still manage to live like we can hide something from him. <laughs> With like, for me, in, in my case, I felt like verbalizing, like, like um, verbally processing my emotions would make them more real or make it into a bigger problem than it was. Like I, I felt like it was safer in my head, like I could keep it concealed there and safe where no one would know about it. But God knows what we're going to do, what we're going to say, what we're thinking before we even do say and think those things. So it's a moot point. There's no use in trying to do it. Uh, Number two, why we really can't conceal our emotions from God is that he's the only one who can heal us completely. Now, it's great to talk to family, to friends, to vent, to get things off your chest. And if you have family and friends who are willing to listen to you and who are there for you, can comfort you, then that is a huge blessing. And that is a big deal, not something to be taken for granted. Even a therapist or a counselor is is a great resource to have if you're going to counseling. But at the end of the day, all of these people are still human and they have limited capacity for um, processing our emotions for for listening to our pain and and uh, just trying to walk through that with with us and it's not that they don't love us or don't care about us but everyone has issues of their own to navigate through and so up to some point your family uh, they can give you their best advice they can encourage you but god is the only one who can take your pain your emotional trauma and turn it into something good uh, for your good and for his glory Uh, The third reason why we can't um, really conceal our emotions from God or why we shouldn't is that it prevents us from building emotional intimacy with him. So think about the people in your life that you're closest to, that know you the best, that you can be yourself around, let your guard down. You can talk through things with them without being judged. 
the reason why you're able to have these conversations with those people is because you've established that emotional intimacy with them. And intimacy is just a fancy word for closeness, right? It's when you're when you have that level of intimacy with somebody, you don't have to be so concerned about uh, how you present yourself to them. Like they know you, they see you, that you don't have to fake it, you don't have to wear a mask. And if we're able to achieve that that type of intimacy with humans, then we really have no excuse for not having that with God. God wants that emotional intimacy with us. He wants us to feel comfortable going to him uh, when we're not feeling great, when we're excited too. I mean, this doesn't just have to be negative emotions, but anything that we're feeling that we're walking through, God wants us to bring that to him. He doesn't want us to conceal it uh, for our sake more than anything, because it's just when you keep stuff in, it, it really does some serious damage over the long term. And the fourth reason why we really shouldn't conceal our emotions from God is that God gave us our emotions, right? We're all his mini-me's walking around here. We're all made in his image and his likeness. And as part of the package, we get emotions. Our creator has emotions. God gets angry. He gets sad. Uh, he gets disappointed. Um, and so if, he, if our creator has emotions, then why wouldn't we if we're made exactly in his image and his likeness? So uh, being emotional doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. It just means that you're a functioning human. And emotions are what give depth and meaning to life. They're, they're part of what gives meaning to life. Emotions allow us to experience what we're walking through. Uh, they allow us to, they fulfill uh, our lives and the, the different um, experiences that we have. They're really meant to enrich our lives and, and help us to appreciate and to understand and make sense of our surroundings. So emotions are totally, we're, we're not supposed to run from them. We're not supposed to conceal them. We're supposed to lean into them and learn how to process them. Which brings me to the next point that emotions are not sinful. Now this is where I messed up as a kid because I thought that just having emotions was an issue. I thought feeling angry, feeling sad, feeling frustrated was just an automatic negation of, of faith. Like I thought having faith meant that you were just to stand strong and despite those emotions and not confront them and not let them bring you down. But that's where I messed up. Uh, having emotions is not a sin, but acting on them can absolutely be a sin. One of the emotions that we're most prone to sin in is anger. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, it says, be angry and sin not. And then 27 goes on to say, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. The part I really want to zero in on is the be angry and sin not. So right here, we have permission to be angry. The caveat is that in, when, in our anger, while we're angry, we must be sure to not act in a way that's going to be a sin against our brothers and sisters in Christ or against ourselves. Right, So we've all, to some degree, seen anger on display. We've seen road rage. We've seen people destroying property, being destructive in their anger, throwing things. And then uh, there's just good old-fashioned name-calling. You can call people outside of their names when you're angry and uh, just really do some long-term psychological damage that can take a lot of years to recover from or to, uh, to heal from. Right, So in anger, we, we have the potential to cause a lot of damage which I think is why the Bible has so many different passages on anger. Now, there is something called righteous anger, which is a divine anger that stems from disobedience or from not following uh, God's commands, his decrees. 
So we have Moses in the Old Testament is a perfect example of righteous anger. So when he comes back down from the mountain after being with God for, a bit, I think it was 40 days, God was up there. He was writing the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets, which he gave to Moses. And Moses took these down with him from the mountain. Well, when he got down to the foot of the mountain, the Israelites were acting out. <laughs> they were worshiping golden idols. They were just sinning in all types of ways, completely disregarding what they had just walked through and what God had delivered them from. And Moses was furious at this, so much so that he threw down the Ten Commandments and smashed them. The same commandments that he just watched God inscribe with his finger. You know, the Bible says they were inscribed with the finger of God. So he broke them completely. They didn't even make it. <laughs> they didn't even last, you know, um, past when he got out, got off the mountain. But Moses' anger was warranted in this situation because he was watching the Israelites totally, basically spit in God's face um, after everything that he had done for them. And of course, uh, God recreates the, the Ten Commandments later on as we keep reading. But in that moment, Moses was exhibiting righteous anger. Anytime God gets angry in the scriptures, that is righteous anger. Uh, God gets angry when we he's trying to lay out the path to life for us. He's trying to tell us which way to go, uh, what to do to you know seek him and to be fulfilled in his presence. And then we take it upon ourselves to find our own ways to disregard what he's saying and even to twist it around to, to the fact that it's not true anymore. So so that all of these things make God angry. God is angry right now at the sin in the world. Uh, he's withholding his wrath for the sake of his children, uh, for the sake of believers. But, you know, make no mistake, uh, he is not pleased about uh, all of the sin and, and uh, wrong choices that are happening uh, in the world right now. So so that's that's what I mean when I say righteous anger. Uh, another emotion that, or other emotions we can really potentially sin uh, out of our uh, fear. So you can be scared about something and project your insecurities onto other people, which in turn what can cause them to second guess their purpose or their worth or what their uh, what God has put them on this earth to do. Uh, one example could be if you know someone who's planning to start a business or open up a you know, start a clothing line or or do something big in their lives, and you've never had the courage to do it yourself, but you start trying to talk them out of it, or you uh, start basically <laughs> crapping on their ideas, on their dreams, you know, this can really do some damage in the long run. Another way is if we can be sad and self-medicate to avoid confronting our issues. So, of course, there's alcohol, there's, um, ooh, there's alcohol, there's drugs, um, there's, you know, watching uh, just inappropriate stuff, watching porn as like an emotional release so that you can avoid uh, confronting the issues that you're wrestling with. So all of these, uh, these are just a few of the emotions that we can really, uh, can really be stumbling blocks for us if we don't learn to get a handle on those things uh, by bringing them to God and allowing him to help us deal with them. So now getting into the crux of this episode, essentially, is this is why we need to understand our emotions. Right. So there's always a why behind the emotion and the positive ones like being excited, being happy, like, you know, I just paid off my credit card debt or I just closed on my new house. or I got a new car. You know, it, it's not you don't have to dig too deep to figure out why you're feeling those emotions. Right. It's pretty obvious. But I'm talking more about the negative ones. Um, we always need to investigate the why behind those. And I heard this from someone somewhere. It's a quote. It goes, emotions are the sirens of the soul. 
So if we choose to be in tune with our emotions, we can figure out what's going on with us. You know, like I mentioned earlier, our emotions are supposed to be warning signs. Uh, They're supposed to be indicators of what we might be wrestling with that needs to be confronted. And along this line of thought, uh, this is why emotions and faith can coexist. So this is something I didn't quite grasp in my childhood, but maybe I think in college or some point when I learned that, oh, we can actually freely go to God with our emotions. It was so freeing for me. And one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible that helps kind of drive this point home for me is John eleven thirty five, And it goes like this. Jesus wept. That's it. That's the verse. <laughs> this verse has been the subject of lots of memes, lots of jokes, and, you know, people just kind of poking fun. At it. Like, I know, I know my Bible, and they quote that scripture. But context. So Lazarus had just died. Um, Lazarus was Martha and Mary's sister, and the Bible says that Jesus loved all three of them. So, just to give some background here in chap- John chapter 11... Now, Jesus knew everything that was about to play out. He was talking with his disciples. And actually in John 11, chapter, uh, John 11, verse 4, let's see, no, verse 3, let's back up. The sisters, Martha and Mary, sent word to Jesus that, Lord, the, lo- the one you love is sick, talking about Lazarus. Then it goes on to say in verse 4, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So then Jesus tells his disciples that he needs to go back to Judea. And they kind of protest that. They're like, Jesus, why would you go back? They just tried to stone you there. Like, what what are you doing? And in so many words, Jesus says, he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. So already that wording, he's fallen asleep. So Jesus is already up to something. He, he, knows, he knows what they don't. Uh, the disciples, of course, thought he was talking about natural sleep. And then because Jesus knew that they weren't getting it, he told them plainly, it says in verse 14, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So all of this happened, you know, right as soon as uh, Jesus, you know, as soon as Lazarus passed, Jesus knew. Okay. So then he waits for a few days, and then by the time Jesus arrives to Judea, Lazarus had already been buried for four days, okay? So it's like, (laughs) I could see how it might have even been easy for the sisters to be offended, like, why are you showing up now? Like, how dare you come so late? Um, And even Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, But then she follows it up by saying, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So that's Martha. Then Mary comes over to meet them and it says she falls at Jesus' feet and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So same thing that Martha said. And then she starts weeping. Then Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled is what the scripture says. And then when they went to show him where Lazarus was buried, Then we get to Jesus wept. So all of this transpires before Jesus ever um, arrives to the scene. And the verse is significant because it shows us that, yeah, Jesus knew he was going to resurrect Lazarus. He knew that a miracle was about to be performed. Um, 
but that didn't keep him from feeling the pain of the present moment. He had compassion. He had empathy for Martha and Mary, and he was hurting with them. He allowed himself to hurt, to feel that pain, to grieve with them. And so how amazing is it that we have a creator who hurts when we do? And he's present in our pain. He's present for all of our emotions, all of the roller coaster of experiences that we go through, but especially our pain. Psalm 34 verse 18 says that God is close to the brokenhearted and rescues those who are crushed in spirit. And then in Psalm 56 verse 8, David writes, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. So God, our pain isn't lost on God. He's not... He's not looking down at us from heaven, waiting for us to stop crying, to to man up, being like, why are they, why are they acting like this? They know I'm going to, you know, heal them. They know I'm going to bring them through. He's not doing that. Like he's not chastising us for not having faith (laughs) just because we're hurting or going through a hard time. So that's why these, all of these passages that I just quoted, uh, super powerful and they helped me to really understand Uh, that it's okay for emotions and faith to coexist. And as a matter of fact, they have to because life gets hard. Life gets tough. We go through unexpected things, surprising things, shocking things that we don't even have the words to process. And at church, one of our associate pastors always likes to tell us this. Faith isn't ignoring the facts. It's looking beyond them. So along that same vein, faith doesn't mean, you can also say that faith doesn't mean that we deny our emotions. The facts in our lives, the realities that we're walking through can usually trigger some type of emotion in us. You know, I've talked about my dad before on the podcast, the health challenges he's going through with type 2 diabetes. My parents were divorced or they got divorced about six years ago. So I had a lot of um, those right now. Those for me are two very poignant uh, examples of pain and, you know, the with my dad's health challenges that's that's an ongoing thing i've been through a whole roller coaster of emotions with that gone from having great faith in his healing to questioning to doubting to being sad for him uh to uh, pitying him to being angry to (laughs) it's just been all over the place and those are all things i've had to bring to god and to uh, to cast on him to keep me from uh just trying to carry that weight so we need to give ourselves permission to feel and to navigate the tension between faith and feelings. It's a both and situation, not either or. It's not either you have faith or you're in your emotions. It's it's you can have faith and be in your feelings at the same time. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by that. Be sure to share this episode with the people in your circle, anyone you think would benefit from it. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is life at peace underscore podcast. Facebook is life at peace podcast. And then subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already so you can see the videos uh, if you want to ever, you know, if you want to ever go watch them. But I thank you all. I look forward to the next episode. Peace.